everyone and welcome to the new artist spotlight podcast i'll let you into a little secret here um when origin writes the questions he uh stitches me up with a few uh rhymes and i do the same to him usually we dodge them but it's uh it's too late for that now so i'll introduce myself as the quick-minded slick rhyming quick writing hit finding sick vibing fit writing big guy with the mint timing it's wilco wilkes and I'm big OG, you know me. Origin across the Boston sits across from y'all's monitors. Love it, man. Love what you're doing. Um, that's some some good writing that I've stolen off you. Um, so thanks everyone for joining us again uh, for another episode. This one's going to be a good one. Uh, if you've listened before, you'll know that we're interviewing some of the top artists from around the world uh, in independent music, all of whom can be found on the New Artist Spotlight playlists and uh, all a part of this community. And don't forget to check out the website, NordicSpotlight.org, where you can find those playlists, plus news, reviews, tips, and it's really just a place to go for independent artists everywhere. Okay, so today's guest, I said it'd be a good one. It's a very exciting one. Uh, he's one of the moderators on the New Artist Spotlight uh, servers. He's an electronic artist. Please help us welcome to the show the one and only Mercury Teardrop. Hey, hey, nice to see you guys. Nice to see the whole NAS family. This is this is great. Really excited to spend some time with you. Likewise, yeah, it's good to meet you. I, I clearly got no rhyme game. None. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you not do something hey. for us now on the on the fly, no? Oh, nothing on the fly. <laughs> nope. Right, now we gotta get a freestyle segment going and everybody who comes on and has to do it. I would love it. Love it. Oh, that's Unprepared. evil. Unprepared. All right. So of course. Me and Wilco, we know about your music, we know about you, but for anyone who isn't familiar, could you tell us a little bit about Mercury Teardrop? Yeah, you bet. Listen, um, Mercury Teardrop is is a funny little side project for me. Um, I've been a musician all my life. I haven't played professionally at all. Hobby, you know, guitar player since I was a kid, played in lots of different little bands here and there, but obviously you know, back in the day, I'm an old dude. So going back 30 years recording, you had to go into a studio or you had to know somebody with a studio. And uh, in those bands, you know, we wrote some songs, wrote a bunch of stuff down and way back in the day. Have logic. We had cassette tapes and four tracks. So there's my stack of four tracks. And um, the pandemic gave me a chance to kind of go back and go, man, I had some song ideas back then. And Mercury Teardrop was an outlet to kind of let a few of those those ideas come to life. Um, I'd always wanted to get more into electronic music. I'm a guitar player by you know by by experience, and sort of push myself to. I've always loved the genre of electronic music, but never had the chance to goof around with synthesizers and and actually dig in and and learn how some of the um, some of it works. So it was just a really cool way for me to do something that you know songs that would never find expression in a band context, I was able to bring into um, uh, Mercury Teardrop as a project. So that's really where it's come from. I like that, mate. And um, I just want to say as well, I'm a massive fan of music. Like, it's quality, mate. Really? Yeah, very much enjoy it. Oh, man. Uh, 
yeah um, that's cool thank you every time we interview someone on these podcasts i always like i listen to the full catalog really and um really get a feel wow. for the music yeah yeah and i've really enjoyed listening to your albums man thank especially you. thank you the album i can't think what it's called but i'm just looking at my spotify on my liked songs that i loved uh there's a few tracks hypnotic vision shapeshifter noise in a vacuum and epoch quality yeah. tracks, mate. what was yeah, it what that was, was album yeah thanks man yeah, that's class, mate. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And I like your, um, you. all your artwork as well as right up my street. Yeah, yeah that artwork is really dope, too. I was I was sneaking that, too, when I was like going through. I'm like, oh, this cool. is really creative. How, where do you get that done, or who does it? I, I, I do it all. I do it all. I mean, I've, I've had some great collaborators. You can tell, I mean, a few of the tracks have, have female vocals on it, and I've, I've enlisted some of my friends and other artists from different places around the world that uh, I've connected with somehow. Noise in a Vacuum was actually sung by a colleague of mine um, and who has her own band and, and, and work she's doing. So it was really cool to get uh, someone to you know bring the song to life because I can't mm-hmm. sing. I've tried, and it, it just doesn't work i sound like neil young on a bad bad day so there you go i you know it's just one of those things and and i knew these tracks would never i could never bring them to life the way that some of these vocalists could so it was really cool to collaborate on that but the the album artwork i've done it all with just digital tools photoshop and taken in some different you know ideas that i had for something i can't draw great but digitally i can do some things okay um you know, and that was sort of the inspiration for it, taking some photography and then digitizing it and uh, mm. just visions for the artwork. But one of the things I'll get into in a little bit is just sort of this has been kind of a uh, the journey back, as I sort of say, went going back to the old four track tapes and things that I had from, you know, the younger days, the university days. Um, it was really nostalgic for me. It was a bit of a trip back down memory lane. And I still listen to a lot of the artists that I listened to back then, but the influence was huge. So you look at you look at that album, uh, Blinded by a Dark Star, you can feel you can feel the Radiohead influences. You can feel the I hope you can mm. feel a bit of the, you know, Gary Newman, like the some of those 80s synthy vibes that are there. And uh um that really I hope comes out. That was what I was kind of after was a way for me to express myself through the music that I um really loved. Yeah, and I think you nailed that, mate. So it's cool. It's cool you dig it. Yeah, thanks, man. See, thanks, thanks very much. On these, uh, on these different interviews, Wilco always likes to offer us up as uh, rap collaborators for any of the artists, right? So when I heard, um, I heard that song, and I'm like, the intro, I'm like, I can rap to this. Nice. Me and Wilco are gonna have to get yeah, on man. this remix. Like this is. I was hey, like well, there's one, there's one on there, and I used an old 808. Um, but there's a there's a track on there called "Blind." It's the title track from the album "Blinded by a Dark Star." It has got it's got probably the most hip hop potential of the whole thing. You could probably rap over that one. I think it's track four, but uh, yeah, it, it's got some stuff. I'm also I'm a huge Massive Attack fan, and um, you know they do such a the production is just so killer, and they just bring in some incredible um rhymes and oh, 
I just love their stuff. So um, I'm kind of looking at a trip hop remix of my most current track, which is Abyss. And uh, I know that would take it in a completely different direction, but there's some things I'm working on there. So uh, it's not that hip hop's out of my vocabulary. It's certainly not my comfort zone, um, but I grew up, you know, listening to like Beastie Boys, NWA, like that sort of stuff, Diggable Planets, um, stuff back in the 90s that was kind of the emergence of that sort of alternative kind of hip hop that was just killer. It was just killer. And yeah, man, uh, it's, it's had some influence on me for sure. Beastie Boys for sure. Those were the days. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. So um, Took it yeah, all in. I, I agree with Ojin. And um, the one thing he did miss out is that our price is a low, low price of just one million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So make it uh, happen. Let's make it happen. Especially, yeah. Uh, I think we're as excited about this as you are now. So, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, that's I'll, cool. I'll that's wait cool. for the check. Um, well, hey, I, I'm totally flattered that, you know, I never, this is something I never expected that people would actually be you know, engage with the music and really listen to it. So it really warms my heart that, you know, you took the time to do that. Um, yeah, it's great. It's, it's a personal thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I really sure. appreciate yeah. it. I like that about music as well, the way other people kind of develop relationships with your track. And yeah, and I'll also well, commend I, I mean, you I, as well um, on being the, uh, I think this must be about the fourth or fifth guest in a row we've had with guitars hanging on the bo- on the wall at the back. Um, <laughs> it's what us old dudes do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's getting there now, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us about, take us right back to the start then, like when you first started listening to music, when you're just a young boy, um, what sort of captured your imagination and what was like the first music you really fell in love with? Yeah, yeah, you know what? I, I, I think I have to say it's going to sound so cliche and it's going to sound brutal any one of my vintage which is sort of the over 50 crowd and your guitar player it was jimmy page it, you know i heard zeppelin for the first time and it was just like that's what i want to do i got to do that and um you know my parent i sort of grew up on a really good diet of classic rock lots of fleetwood mac rod stewart that sort of stuff um a little bit of little bit of jazz a little bit of funk uh it was the 70s right so just amazing music. And I was, you know, um, kind of surrounded by, by that classic rock of the day, the Beatles, uh, Paul McCartney and wings. Um, so that stuff really influenced me, but it wasn't until I heard Zeppelin that I just was like, I got to play guitar. So I'm going to do the cliche. It's Jimmy page that got me going. Love that. Have you ever thought about growing the long curly hair or did you have that already? Oh, I've done all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Been there, done it. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll need to send some pics over. Yeah, you know, we'll need to see. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. If I can find them, nothing's digital. Got to remember oh, if I did mate. nothing. You can just take a picture digitally. of it on your on your phone, mate. Come on, get with the times. Yeah, I'll see if uh, that's that's true. That's true. All right, I'll send something over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So the first Mercury teardrop song on Apple Music is from 2020, correct? Yeah, so that was the first foyer into it. Uh, as I said, I sort of brought these ideas together over the pandemic, and I, I had a little bit of extra time, like most people, to get in there and do some recording. I had done some mixing and recording for uh, other projects that, that I'm in, an actual band. So, I mean, I'd had some experience, but never considered sort of um, doing my own thing. And it, it was a lovely outlet to just sit back, play around, um, and once I got a little bit of confidence in in feeling that these tracks had potential, um, 
you know, I didn't think, you know, the first album was, was all sort of ambient electronic, uh, not really ambient, but kind of uh, instrumental, a bit more tangerine dreamish and uh, sort of of that sort of character. But I wanted to use analog synths, wanted to play around with, with, with old school analog equipment. I have a ton of guitar pedals and stuff like that. So putting, putting the synths through some of that, that analog stuff just sounded so cool. And I could get some of those sounds that were so, so deep within me that uh, I was going, this is great. And I learned some um, really neat tricks. And, you know, as you do, you do the YouTube dives, right? You go down and you start seeing production uh, aspects of using different instruments, different tips and tricks. And uh, I really started to enjoy what I was learning. So it kind of went off from there, but uh, never, never went down that path to think that I would actually be putting the music out, but uh, thought, what the heck? I mean, it's, it, it's just something that I thought I need to do. And now those songs are out to the world. So, so are you one of these? That great. But that's, like... that was sort of 2020. Sorry, sorry. So, are you, are you one of these um, that's like yeah. staying up till three in the morning all the time, like, and yeah. just constantly thinking uh, about the music and constantly working on it and struggling to even focus yeah. on other things at sometimes? Yeah, you know, it was it was little chunks, and I think for a lot of you know, I, I I do think about it a lot, and I'll get ideas, and I'll scribble the ideas down, or I'll do a voice memo on something, or I'll play something really quick. I use that music memos all the time so it's like i got a, i got an idea for a riff or i got an idea for something i'll grab the guitar just just put that idea away and tuck it away like a scrapbook and then come back to it when i can but uh yeah but that time i mean i wasn't you know i was i was still working all through the pandemic for my with my day job but uh it certainly afforded a bit more time at home to do the production in the studio to lay down tracks and I'm pretty fortunate. I mean, I can I can crank my guitar amps and stuff like that, and mic everything, and I'm not bothering anyone. So, um, you know, my family sort of turns a blind eye to it, which is lovely. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was how it got going, and it was just a way to see these songs find a find an avenue to or an outlet uh, into the world. That's what you need, mate. Um, a, a very patient family who just turn a blind eye. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. great, man. Um, so how did you come up with the actual name Mercury Teardrop? Is there any story behind that? Uh, oh, there's well, there's always a story, right? So it's funny. So I mentioned the cassettes I was going through, and um, I actually have it here. Um, this was one of my old band's first demos, and the first track on it is called Mercury Teardrop. And as nice. I was going through, and I don't know what to call this or whatever, I saw that, and I'm like, oh. And it was kind of cheesy back then, you know, we were doing all the stuff that was kind of the, you know, the artwork of the 80s where you kind of do crazy stuff. And we had this drawing of like a face with this mercury teardrop coming down on it. And it was kind of, you know, a nice layer of cheese on it, too. But uh, it had nostalgic feel for me, uh, just that that was uh, not only a memory, but it was something that uh, a good group of guys, we were, you know, we were trying to make some music at the time. And we actually recorded that in a studio uh, for a local contest here in Vancouver for a radio station. It's called Vancouver Seeds way back in the, uh, I guess, the early 90s. And um, it never made it, but we entered it, right? So you had to go to a studio, you had to record, you had to do all that stuff. And I think we spent, I want to say, 500 bucks a piece. And it was about 2,000 bucks to record the demo. But, uh, um, you know it never saw the light of day and then i found it um and this was sort of cleaning through stuff but uh about 400 hours of four track tracks 
wow. on tape that I haven't, you know, some of the stuff, the first album saw probably um, Apparitions of the Dying Moon. That was, that was the majority of those were ideas I took from the four tracks. And the song Prism, which is the first track on, on um, Apparitions for a Dying Moon, that riff, that guitar riff that's there, that I've had since about 1987. <laughs> so it was cool to see it, see the light of day. It has to be right after like so much time yeah. just being created, but never being viewed or consumed and just finally gets yeah. to get out, right? Exactly. Yeah. And like so many artists, we do this for ourselves first and foremost, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's still for ourselves in that sense though, right? We get to let somebody kind of see more of ourselves when we yeah we created it for us and now we get to share a piece of us with the world you know that's nice that origin i like that yeah that's really good you know i look at the kids now that you know we got some of these younger artists that are that are putting out just some amazing stuff and i think of what they've got at their fingertips you know what we've got at our fingertips now the fact you can go on a computer and do some pretty amazing production you know um in your bedroom um, back in the day, you know, that was a, that was a $2,000 recording, a recording studio back then. And then you had to send it off to distributors. Someone had to actually like it and, and uh, you had to get a label. So, I mean, the industry has just changed so much, um, which is so cool. It's just, now there's this, this, this avenue for, for, for art to find its way into the world. That's just so much easier than it used to be before, which is great. Absolutely. And so reading through a little bit of your like Spotify bio and different places, uh, you mentioned the sonic palette of your album, Blinded by a Dark Star. Yeah. So when you go into creating an album, do you go in with an idea of what particular sound you want that album to have? Or are you just kind of creating and putting the pieces together in a way that works? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great question. I think so. I think I think there was certainly you know, a feel I was having for that, that particular group of songs, um, you know, and I'm thinking back to kind of, you know, early nineties, bit of the Radiohead stuff. There were, there was bands, um, in the eighties. I don't know how much, you know, about bands like Japan, um, David Sylvain, um, Richard Barbieri, who was in Japan was the keyboardist and just had some amazing, these reverberating synth sounds that were just, you know, uh, otherworldly. So I kind of wanted to to get into some of that sort of feel um, there. And noise in a vacuum is probably a good one where, you know, you just feel a lot of space, a lot of reverb. And um, part of that was just to give an atmosphere, right? And that was the atmosphere I, atmosphere I was kind of envisioning uh, when I created those tracks. So um, a lot of analog stuff. I mean, one of the things, as much as I might say this is an electronic venture, uh, most of the sounds that you hear that aren't specifically synthesizers are all done with guitar. So I do a lot of the atmospherics with guitars, um, you know, big, big reverberating chords, things that I can kind of play with and modulate. Um, so that was fun to experiment with that. But I had sort of been inspired a lot by, you know, groups like Radiohead that were you know, in the nineties, certainly, I think it was just re-released they've done the Kid A and um, um, Amnesiac sort of combo. They've got all the deep cuts that weren't released and they've got a whole bunch of stuff that's just been out. But that era was sort of that dystopian, 
kind of worldview that, you know, it sounded dark, it sounded mysterious, and it sounded really unsettling. And so there's some parts of that that I wanted to draw into, into the music as well. But uh, yeah, it was, a lot of it was, was very spontaneous too. Um, one of the things that I, I try and do every time when I record is, is actually play the song. Um, I'm not, I'm not big on doing the loops and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes I'll use a drum loop. I've got an old boss drum machine that I throw on every once in a while, just for a backtrack. And if I can get it sounding good, then I'll use it as, as, as the basis for the drums. Some of the drums are live. Um, but I try and play the track all the way through like a song. That's just the way I, you know, sort of grew up. You learn to play songs. And, um, so you'll notice there's probably some mistakes, uh, in there, but uh, I kept them in and it was just a really fun thing for me to, to be able to do. And I also want to one day be able to maybe play some of this stuff live. So, um, want to make sure it was reproducible if it ever found a stage somewhere. Yeah, you should do that, man. It's interesting to hear about your, uh, recording process there because, um, I think the temptation is like you were saying, there's so much technology at your fingertips. The temptation is just to uh, make everything perfect and like kind of uh, a little bit about what yeah. we were saying earlier on. Um, but it's cool that you don't do that. And yeah, I was going to ask about um, playing live. Are you able to play it all as one piece in? Because I've noticed there's like different layers and different instruments and solos mm -hmm. and things like that. Would you, are you do kind of stack up the tracks and you'll have to hit a couple of buttons yeah. and then play the synth parts? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For recording, yeah, there's some tracks that, you know, I've done like six different guitar tracks on it and that that sort of stuff. Six different synths. Obviously, right, to do that live, it would have to be re-envisioned a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I've, I've played a lot. I've played in a cover band fairly recently for the last four years. Um, we're not playing together anymore since the pandemic. Obviously, live stuff shut down. But, you know, that gave me a chance to really kind of re-hone the, <laughs> the live chops, if you will, and able to play live and just remembering all the stuff that can go wrong uh, with the gear, you know, strings break, all that sort of stuff. So I sort of, it was really fun getting back into playing live. And, uh, you know, as much as we were a cover band, we played stuff from the 60s right through to current stuff. And it was just great to be out there doing it. So I can envision now what I would need to take from these songs to do them live, right? Because there's certain subtle things you're not going to hear in a live context where you need to figure out what, what do you extract from that track? You know, when you're not listening in headphones, that's going to sound good with the live audience. And I, I think I could do that with a, with a bunch of them. Cool. So now you're on this journey, you got your Mercury teardrop, you, you're putting your music out. What draws you to NAS in the first place? And why stick around and be a mod and put in work with the community? Oh, that's it's a great question. I, you know, I, I found out about it through Ed. I think Ed and I, and I can't remember where we hooked up. I want to say, but I can't remember completely if it was on Submit Hub, but I think it might have been. And I sort of knew Ed from chatting back and forth. I didn't know anything about NAS at the time. And um, then I came across it, I think, on social media. And I reached out to Ed and just said, hey, what is this? And, and he invited me in which was great, never looked back. And I saw right away, not only the potential within the community, um, but met some great people right off the bat, started chatting, um, you know, people complimenting each other on, on stuff, but also just recognized pretty quick, there's some amazing talent in this family. Like it's, it's insane. Like some people are putting out, you know, you know, this is, this is stuff that needs 
to be heard, right? So, I mean, it's not with any, um, um, you know, embellishment that that these are some of the best indie artists out there. There's no doubt. I listen to what you guys do. Poverty in the UK, man, that should be on everything. Psycho, 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 great song. Um, you know, this stuff that people are putting out is quality. And um, I, I don't think there's a single artist there. And, you know, that, that doesn't deserve to be heard. So for me, I'm really not in it for myself. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not making any money from the music. I'm, I, it's a, it's a passion project for me, but I really get jazzed up with helping people uh, realize their dream or if somebody can, you know, um, you know, this, this notion of collaborating is just massive. Um, I don't know if you heard one of the tracks I did uh, Nemesis actually collaborated with an artist from Moscow that I connected with outside of NAS. And um, she just had this voice that drew me in. But look at today, we can go, we can go and hook up, you know, through just a text message or something and say, hey, what do you think about collaborating? And artists all over the place are doing that, right? Never been in the same room, probably won't be in the same room with with her, but we put this great track together that we're really proud of. So I look at NAS sort of the same way. You look at what Charles is doing, um, doing some amazing production and mixing and mastering uh, of NAS artists. And it's just, it's it's this momentum in the community that I find just so exciting. And I really wanna help people. So I guess that's where I sort of don't mind putting the time and energy in to be a mod. And uh, I'm really proud that Ed's allowed me that opportunity, so. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to, to hear about all that, mate. And um, it's nice to put a face behind the name today as well. Um, hey, thank you. See a man I've God, seen on just... Instagram many a time. I've seen you picture many a time. Yeah, it's cool, man. I like um, with New Artist Spotlight how you just, you really get to know like other artists. There's people on there yeah. that I know that I'll, I'll be following for years. I'll see all the, all of their releases. You know, it's really oh, cool, absolutely. man. Absolutely, absolutely. I've made some really nice connections with people and it just, you know, um, mm. it's like, it's the like-mindedness. Like, I think everyone there came to music maybe for different reasons, but we're there because of music and we all yeah. love music and it all, it, it does something for us. Right. So you're there with like-minded people. It's just, it, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's it, man. And so what's it um, like, what's, what your actual like main, um, you know, when you did start, was it literally just, I want to get these songs down, mm. I want to get them out of my head, and I want to get them recorded in yeah. time? Or, and is that still the same? Or have you got like new aspirations as you've gone on and you've learned more? Have you got like a more of a hunger for it? Or like, where do you see yourself going with it all? Yeah, that's cool. It's a great question. I think I think at the beginning, you're, you kind of nailed it. I think it was to kind of, there was a bit of, I got to get this out. Once I had the idea to start putting some of this stuff down and getting it out that was sort of it i had a, you know i'm sort of a project minded guy so I, I put the the project plan in place and just hit it and um that was it in the beginning for sure but now it feels a little more got a lot of freedom now if i'm writing new stuff like the new track abyss i just wrote um probably back in started it back in december january of last year and uh back a bit and uh it was really cool to sit on an idea for a while and play around with it. So now it's feeling more like new ideas, fresh ideas, and being able to create 
as opposed to I have all this old stuff that I got to get out <laughs> or that I got to get out of my system. So, yeah, I'm into a bit of a, a place where I'm probably in a more creative mindset and not in a rush. So if stuff's good and maybe a little more um, paying attention to quality for me, uh, being a little more of a gatekeeper of what's um, what's going to be good and what isn't. So I've, I've cool. loaded up about probably, yeah, I've got about 50 or 60 tracks that, that are sitting there um, with really rough ideas that uh, to work from and pull from over the next while, but nothing in the, nothing in the works right now. Right. Um, well, I'm, uh, I'm slightly jealous. You've got 60 ideas on the go. Um, but maybe that's why there's not nothing in the works right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, get, not I, all I, good saying, though, it's, um, I'm at, I think I'm at the same point where I'm not releasing as many, um, as quickly, but that's because in the meantime, I'm learning a lot and I'm refining what I'm doing and trying to up the quality right. and trying to like, you know, there's, there's so much to learn, isn't there? Once you throw yourself into music totally. in this digital age, and it's like, yeah, yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? It yeah. keeps you going. You, there's so much to learn. It, it's it's mad when you have those moments where something just clicks and you can yeah. read something 20, exactly. 30 times and, and you don't get it. And then when you finally need it that one time and you do it and you're like, oh, wow, right. <laughs> this explains that, that, and that. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, especially with the Bang mixing on. and stuff. Bang on. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I'm, in, I'm into the, the, the plug-in rabbit hole right now. I'm trying to figure out which ones will do different things just from a production standpoint. And um, yeah, it's endless. It's yeah, just a so bottomless many, pit. You, and then, you know, we got... Your guitar pedals as well. And, uh, you know, I thought you, you must have had that thing where you're like, I've got to record at least one track with each of these pedals. <laughs> Otherwise, yep. you know, why have I bought it? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, don't, and don't spend too know, much mate, on the plugins that that you know the family's got to eat. Trying to do a little bit, be a bit, a little bit budget minded, but you're right with the plugins, especially when you get some of the higher end stuff. It can be a fortune to stack it up. I've not bought any plugins, by the way. So I'm keeping <laughs> I'm, it simple. I'm working on what Logic's got. Like, there's a lot there, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm staying out of the plugin game because I've They're seen good. There's a how ton addicted there. people get. But you know the so, one, the one. The one that I think is worth the money is Valhalla Reverb. Unbelievable. Valhalla Vintage Verb is just just fantastic. Yeah. Mm, I've heard the effects and it's pretty impressive, um, but I still can't bring myself it's to it. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so, Brad, I wanted to know, um, like, what's the absolute pinnacle for you? Like, what could be like, the greatest experience for you um, with Mercury Teardrop? I would love to have... I guess, a track that I can use for good. Um, I don't know I, if I've shared this already. I'm forgetting. Um, last track, or the track I did before Abyss Nemesis, um, I've donated all the royalties to support uh, youth homeless, youth experiencing homeless homelessness. That's awesome. Man. And um, that sort of stuff is really what I would like to be able to do, that the music does something for good. Um, and I, you know, I think for me, the part that would be most satisfying from a musical standpoint would just be to have a track that just really resonates with me. As much as I want the audience to like it, I want to be really, really proud of it. I know I can keep getting better. I know I can keep refining my songwriting. And um, yeah, I think it's more just this is it's a passion project. So 
if it can do some good out there and if people like it, great. But I also am trying to push myself um, to be better and to put some better music into the world. So that's cool, man. That's my Searching hope. Just something that ground. sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that about uh, NAS as well. Like you hear all the other different yeah. artists, it gives you, a, it gives me a push. I'm like, wow, this this sounds so yeah. good. And I think that's another yeah. thing that you get with NAS that you don't get with mainstream music is that a lot of the artists here are learning on the job and they're trying new things and they're doing new like exactly. pans and you know width yeah. and all this stuff that like yeah. you're hearing the progression from re- release to release. And it's almost yeah. like you're on that journey with them and I pick up ideas and I'm like, yeah, that's it. so good. I need that in my track. And like, yeah, it's exactly. Awesome. No, I, I'm totally with you on that. Uh, you listen to like a couple of the um, ones I've been listening to lately. I've been listening to Coastal Town's new track and uh, those guys are killing it. They're just, they sound great. Um, JHM's new track, End of the Wilderness. What a brilliant track, right? Just sounds great. I mean, it speaks to me. It's that 90s sort of, awesome rem-ish kind of guitar which you can see i got the rickenbacker up there in the box i love that stuff but he just you know i think really really nailed that one so yeah you see the progression and we listen to all the songs on there so um you know it, it is it's pretty neat to kind of um get fueled off that energy because you see how others are doing you know ed putting out that some of the some of the um artists are getting on to curated playlists and um spotify and playlists speaking and of it, like pro- in progression like his latest song, totally oh bye is just yeah, killer awesome. whoa yeah. okay and i see you yeah I, it was huge I, I isn't it like, was so <laughs> huge. so like excited yeah. about it and he was pushing it so hard yeah. and i'm like okay you know that's we get yeah. excited about our songs when it came out i'm like oh i get it i see yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah, he knows you know, what he's I, doing, that I guy. That he likes to pretend he doesn't, but he knows exactly what he's doing, that guy. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, he knows exactly what he's doing. I mean, that's got a sing-along chorus like nothing else, right? I said to him, I said, that's like the American Pie of, 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 of an NAS song. It's just great. It's awesome. The more I listen to it, it just, you know, the production's fantastic and uh, songwriting's great. And it's just to do something new and kind of blues rock is not easy. And that feels fresh, right? Yeah, so and it, think, it goes I back to what you were saying artists, as well about like the modern day, like because there's no way 20 years ago or 30 years ago he would have been able to make that track at home. It would have yeah. it would have cost him thousands of pounds to make that track, hiring in musicians exactly. and doing all this. Exactly. And yeah. No. No. It, it it is certainly a different era right now for music and creativity, which I think I think is really exciting. Right. I mean, the limitations can sometimes push you. And I think it pushed those of us that were, were, were into music back in the day. It certainly was a struggle to get anything recorded. Um, you know, my first four track, I think, cost me twelve hundred bucks, which was huge back then. Could buy a car for twelve hundred bucks. Um, but it was like, you know, that was what you had. That was your tool. And you had four tracks and you had to. I remember layering tracks. Um, yeah, it was just it was just a different era, but now it's pretty exciting what you can do in a in a home studio. It definitely is like just so much progression and uh, just growth for independent artists, like what they're able to achieve without having to spend so much money to develop and hone the craft. Like they can do it all in real time, kind of concurrently, and then just the. Uh, things that you can do now that you just couldn't do 
before. It was yeah. it's all just amazing and like mind blowing, isn't it? To it's see mind blowing, especially from like as a uh, elder statesman kind of. In the, <laughs> you can you, you there you go. On That's official now. Coin, right? Yeah. So no can, doubt. Oh, it's, yeah. It's it's really wild to see. And I look at I look at uh, the the past thirty years, and even the early days of, uh, you know, let's say the early two thousands when DAWs were just coming on stream in terms of being accessible at home. Their first first versions of Pro Tools. Um, I remember looking at that and thinking, "Oh man, I can't, I can't." I think it was eight hundred bucks for it back then, and I was thinking of getting into it back then, but just the cost of entry in those early days to get a home studio set up was still pretty restrictive. And uh, now, I mean, you look at laptops coming with built-in DAWs. GarageBand opened up probably a whole new world for for young artists when it came out, right? So the accessibility, I think, is just just insane. And the fact you can collaborate, right? You've got people that you can chuck your stems to that will that are professional engineers and whatnot that can can do a mix for you. That's crazy, right? Just didn't have access to that before. So um, it's an exciting time. Definitely. So you talk a lot about um, artists that you've listened to, grew up with had some influence on you is there one artist that you can say has had the biggest influence over you or your sound or even just wanting to make music oh that's a great that's a great question it's so hard to pick and i'm sure i'm sure you understand how hard that would be but uh i i would oh, yeah. probably say in the modern day i gotta say radiohead and i you know i feel I mean, there's so many I'm leaving out. I've been so heavily influenced by like Billy Corgan and the Smashing Pumpkins, that whole early 90s heavy rock I was very into. There's so much that Radiohead has done that actually has influenced the way I want to play that maybe that's where it's found my way in. I mean, I, I did that cover of a Depeche Mode song and Depeche Mode are absolutely part of my youth. I, you know, early 80s. Um, I've been into them right since their second album. Um, so that was, that was like high school for me when that stuff came out. Tears for Fears, some of those bands of the early eighties, Bauhaus, um, Love and Rockets, which came after Bauhaus with some of the same members. Those sounds were just insane. And then I saw you two in 83 on the war tour here, um, when they were still relatively small, not playing stadiums. That blew my mind. So, you know, it's easy for me to say Radiohead, but that's a more current, you know, influence, I would say, in the last 20 years. But if I go way back, like, you 2 had a massive influence on me. And then before that, obviously, Zeppelin. So uh, maybe it was in each decade I had these uh, these influences that really captivated me, right? So they, they find my way in, they find their way into the stuff that I'm, trying to do uh, uh without a doubt yeah it all assimilates doesn't it and radiohead yeah. as well i've um yeah I, only in the last year or so um i start i listened re-listened to okay computer the first time i listened to it when i was younger i was yep. like i didn't really rate it i thought it was all right but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really get it and then i listened yeah. to it again last year and i was like wow this is a really really good album 
And then I went delving yeah. into Radiohead and watched a few yeah. of their gigs and stuff like that. And yeah, I've got a far yeah. bigger appreciation of Radiohead these days than I used to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's something about that, like your tastes changing as you get older as well, and maybe you expect it a little bit yeah. more. And they just kind of yeah. give it give it to you in spades, and you're like, wow, yeah, this is the yeah, the depth of of what they do is incredible. It, um, it, it, so yeah, I mean, oh, it, we can hear that influence in your music. So um, we've been waxing lyrical about it. Um, I think it's about time oh, there you go. that we uh, listen to it. So um, can you tell us a bit about the track first? It's called Abyss, um, released in September. Uh, I, obviously, I, I love it. It went straight in my library um, when it was uh, released. And uh, yeah, tell us a bit about it. Um, yeah, there's... Probably the most recent song I've written and, and been able to sort of see through. Um, I had the idea because I was writing a lot of stuff down about mental health, and um, you know, that's been front and center with the pandemic. I didn't want it to be kind of a pandemic song. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't necessarily the pandemic wasn't the catalyst for the song. But you know, I work a lot um, in the education field with 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 youth that struggle and people that were struggling. And, you know, we try and help, we try and help those that are going through it. And I think just that whole notion that, that we got to remove the stigma around mental health and be able to talk about it. And Abyss was one of those, 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 those inner things. It wasn't sort of a personal journey, but it was, it was reflective of some of the things I was seeing around me uh, with people, you know, and I think it's about, you know, when you're falling, or when you're sinking and you're going to that dark place, how do you get out, right? What, do you, what does it take to get out? And that's kind of what, what the track's about, is that struggle uh, to find some help and to reach out and the courage. So, I, you know, it was a bit of a personal song for sure uh, in terms of what I was seeing. I was just writing about what I was sort of seeing and sensing and feeling. Um, but, but it really is a bigger area of awareness for me um in just my entire life like just the well-being of people around me is really important to me and uh, just being attuned with that so the track reflects sort of where i'm at in in my own uh journey with 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 helping people with with mental health challenges that's awesome man and um yeah it's a message i like to put out there as well and um yeah that's great i mean i already love the track so it's nice to hear more awesome. about the it, message it, behind it, it as well uh, thank you. it's a bit self-indulgent to put something out that was nine minutes but uh i kind of had it envisioned in sort of these multiple parts and i wanted it to be kind of a a very um dynamic track in a sense that it it, it kind of you know yeah. Got heavy in parts and you know for me it was a, a little bit um proggy. Um did, did yeah. you you not mentioned any prog artists in the in the what yeah. you said, but is it did you, did you like any prog? Oh yeah, no, I'm 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 actually I didn't mention it as a major influence, but one of the bands of the 90s that really influenced me was Porcupine Tree. And oh, yeah. um all, all of Stephen Wilson's work I just love. So um yeah, it's definitely in there as well. You can tell I listen to a lot of different music, so um yeah, it yeah. finds its way in there but uh that was really that felt more natural getting back to the guitar and really you know cranking the amp and and going for it <laughs> if you check the uh hashtags under some of your instagram posts it definitely does say prog and prog rock on there there you go i don't read the hashtags 
people read the hashtags do your research man exactly uh, <laughs> mate, i just exactly. glaze over the hashtags that don't even exactly filter out when i read a post you gotta look yeah. at the deep dark sides <laughs> of the of the guests so yeah yeah no. here, you yeah. can really pull it apart and Get that good stuff, man. I, I'm always impressed. I have to say that with watching all the podcasts, just how much you you dig into the artists and, and and get a sense for who they are before you get into the chat. You know, that's really impressive, and I love it. I love watching it. So it's just it's a pleasure to be on today. Yeah, good. That's, that's similar actually to um, what your auntie Linda said to me earlier on when I was on the phone to her asking her about your um, the boomerang that you used to have. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that's good. That's good research. <laughs> let's let's move forward a little bit since we can hear we can hear all this talent that we've been talking about with the song. Um, let's take a listen to it. So, if you would like to introduce it, please do. Yeah. So, everyone, this is this is Abyss.
nine minutes later. <laughs> nine, yeah, nine minutes. Oh my goodness! I remember when, when I, li- I went to go listen to it like earlier today, and like I'm like nine minutes, and I'm like, oh well, gotta listen to it. Turned it on, and I'm listening. I'm like, all right. But then by the end of it, it didn't feel like it was nine minutes. Hey, that's a compliment. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of songs can be four or five minutes, and you feel like the song goes on forever. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, that was my, I, I didn't feel that it felt long. I, I was actually surprised it was nine minutes when I actually bounced the track out for the first time. I was like, really? Didn't even feel like that when I was sort of putting <laughs> yeah. it together. So it was like yeah. two minutes. <laughs> You're just getting lost <laughs> in it every time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. it's a, it is a track that you can get lost in, though. Um, and thanks for letting us play that. Like, really enjoyed it. Um, Thank you. So, um, you've mentioned earlier on about the cover art that you design yourself. Is that another one of yours? Yeah, it's it's a photo that I had, a black and white photo, and then I sort of put it through some filters and things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm using some barely, fairly simple, straightforward Photoshop type tools to put it together so it's nothing extravagant um but uh yeah, yeah it's sort of, i like the image got some talent there um it's not it's better than i could do uh oh, thanks. photoshop or me yeah yeah it's quite inspiring <laughs> to see actually like a lot of your artwork thanks. is um i'm actually going through a little bit of piece of work at the moment where i'm redesigning some artwork for wilco wilkes i'm going to redesign my logo nice. and get some artwork for the website and stuff and it's of a similar vibe like black with the sort cool. of neon colors and the cosmic scenes and stuff. I, I love that sort of thing. So um, right on. Yeah, keep right doing on. what you're doing, man. Thanks. No, that's great. I'm glad, glad it resonates. I mean, you never know. I think my kids thought it was pretty cheesy, but there you go. That's kids for you. There's no... Uh, yeah, yeah, you taste. <laughs> Something that I like to ask, um, just to kind of see where other artists are coming from, right? So as an artist... Do you have a particular message or a theme behind your work? Like, is there something you want people to take from it and connect to when mm. they're listening? Uh, you know, I don't, I really don't know. Um, again, we're, I think if something resonates with people in the music, that makes me happy. That's great. And there's gonna, I know there's going to be people that aren't going to be going to necessarily be into that sort of sound and, and, and maybe not find that vibe, but I know there's people out there like me that, that enjoyed the same kind of music growing up, or maybe, maybe it's introducing those sounds to um, like the sounds of an analog synthesizer are, are maybe not as frequently used in today's music. Um, you know, so much stuff is digitized, high production value, analogs, analog. I mean, I just went and plugged it, plugged it in, you know, I'm going through a, you know, just a, a regular uh, audio interface. It's a decent one, but you know, it's, it's, this is pretty analog stuff. Like uh, aside from some of the things that I might use in some of the logic plugins that are digital representations, that's very rare. I'm trying to use mostly analog equipment. So I think that sound just has something to it. And uh, maybe it resonates with people out there in, in the way it does with me. So that's my only hope is that uh, people find something or maybe find some inspiration to it. But uh, um, no, it's been a blast. I, I absolutely love doing this. It's been a nice creative outlet. Um, yeah, and more to come, more to come for sure. Yeah, that's good, man. Um, is, is analog synthesizer one of the hashtags you use? It should be. I, I failed miserably. I'm, oh. you know, I'm, I'm not... I'm not sophisticated on social media. So when you see that bunch of hashtags there, I've searched 
hashtags for something and then it comes up like i'm not doing anything yeah, sophisticated yeah. there yeah need to hire a pr person <laughs> yeah yeah a million <laughs> pounds sound all right oh. he, yeah there you go okay so um we've reached the stage in the show which is the new stage you're the second ever participant of the nas quick fire five. Oh, oh okay I'll buckle now, up. As the rules go, you'll only have 15 seconds to give each answer. They won't be easy, and we won't be easy on you. I love it. Go for it. Shoot. So what's up with the NAS Rarities, Oddities, and B-Sides playlist? Oh, hey, just thought it was a cool outlet for people's, you know, less less uh, tracks that hadn't seen the daylight. There you go. So question two, only 15 seconds, remember? Is sorry, man. <laughs> what is your favorite song of all time? Oh, 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 brutal. That's brutal. That's hard. Ten seconds left. All time. Um, I gotta go with. Oh my gosh, Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. It's not, but that's what's coming to yeah, mind. Yeah, it's a good shot, mate. Though. It's still a good track, and uh, you just got in just by the buzzer. It. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was I was waiting. Uh. Right. <laughs> Given your current circumstances and the work you've put in thus far, do you believe that you deserve a shot at greatness? I never even thought about greatness in this. Um, probably not yet. Probably not yet. But maybe, maybe one day. That's a good answer, mate. Although I would say that you already have achieved greatness, even just by being here today. Oh. Um, this is this is the pinnacle of anyone's career. <laughs> it's feeling it. It's feeling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love Especially it. now we've got the quick fire five. Uh, not so go. quick fire because of me. Um, <laughs> the fastest but... speaking person on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'll try and slow down. But there we go. It's not in my nature. Um, question four: What is your favorite quote? How about I'll go with Gandhi. Um, be the change you want to see in the world. Love that man. Straight in there with Gandhi. Straight in there. This guy knows his stuff. Yeah. yeah. If you could spend a day with any other NAS artist, who would you oh. pick? Oh man, there's so there are so many. There's so many people I would love to sit down and have coffee with and jam with and that sort of stuff. That's a tough one. Um, oh, I want to hang with Andreas. I do. I mean, are, there, there's. I, I mean, I want to hang with Charles. I want to hang with GHM. I think, I think, I think lots in common. I want to hang with you guys more. We're cooler than Andres. That's yeah. And shorter. <laughs> I'm starting to see that. I'm shorter. Yeah. yeah. There's. You know what? There's so many. I mean, I've connected with so many people that just seem so cool, so into what they're doing, and um, that's super inspiring. But I'll go with Andres. I wouldn't mind heading down to Argentina. Yeah, I like that. I, although I am slightly yeah. disappointed because last week said Andres as well. So, oh, um, <laughs> oh, at least you got an honorary mention. Yeah, Michael. Week. Michael was good. Michael was good. It was good to watch him. He's another guy I'd love to spend some tons of time. Yeah, with. he was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, Brad. It's been uh, amazing. Um, so before we wrap up, uh, if you just want to tell everybody where they can find Mercury Teardrop on all your socials, your links, etc. You betcha. No, that's great. And thanks for having me. Really appreciated the time today. Um, on socials, Twitter, Mercury Teardrop. Uh, on Twitter, I think it's just at Mercury Teardrop. And then on Instagram, at Mercury Teardrop Official. 
but uh, really appreciate connecting with folks, reach out, happy to collaborate, look at ideas. And you guys, I'm going to send you a track, got some hip hop stuff going down. Yeah, yeah, do yeah. Send, send it on, mate. We'll have a listen. Yeah, yeah. I will. Too, yeah. I will. And when I said etc., and you, be said, awesome. you betcha, you was that a deliberate that. rhyme? Did you hear that when it, when I said? I just don't have it in me. So there was, the, the, I, I did. It was not intentional at all. Oh, I know, I know. I just don't got game. It comes I got naturally. no game. It just comes natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even need to think about it. No game, no soul, all that stuff. <laughs> no, you've got a lot, mate. You've got a lot. Nah, nah. Thanks, guys. We want to thank you for a great chat. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course, man. We enjoyed this one. This was you can. T- I'm sure when you watch it back, you'll be able to tell we enjoyed this this conversation. Awesome. And Me too. Me too. Really special. Nice to get to know you better. Yes, I am. And we want to give a thanks to everybody at home uh, listening across the world, listening or watching, depending on where you're at. Um, the whole North Spotlight community, our partners, everybody supporting. Um, we'll see you. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Thanks, everyone.